The Free Vision app is where you'll find a growing range of on-demand audio and video to help you look to God daily. Search Vision Christian Media in your app store. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Dr. Michael Youssef on what Jesus says about anger. It's okay to have holy anger, but once you let that anger cause you to sin, it gets out of hand. For here's what Jesus is saying. What will hinder true worship is the presence of that internal sin of anger, that smoldering, that warm, that nursed anger from whatever, however long in the past. So the driver in front of you is going really slow, so you flash your lights. The co-worker doesn't complete a project on time, and so you snap at them during a video meeting. Call it what you like, frustration, irritation, the bottom line is you're angry. As you'll hear from Dr. Yusuf, anger can take you to places you don't want to go and ruin relationships along the way. But you'll also hear about times when anger is expected. So today, whether you're screaming at the traffic or fuming at your project list for work, this Leading the Way message is just for you. To begin, here's Dr. Michael Youssef. I think all of us know that anger has many forms. I dare say every one of us, anyone within hearing my voice, would know that anger wears many masks and many faces. Anger is so interwoven with every aspect of our lives. Anger is that emotion that rages from a slight irritation to sheer, blown out, uncontrollable rage. And I believe it is very significant that the Lord Jesus Christ, after delineating his outline of his message, of his Sermon on the Mount, he goes down to select six different principles in which he deal with. And anger is on top of that list. In choosing these six principles, the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to know that the law of God is not a mechanical set of rules. The Lord Jesus Christ wants us to know that the law of God is not mere cold, calculated set of orders, but that the law of God was given to us So that we may know what kind of character does God want of us to be. So that we may know what kind of a character does God require. Jesus the preacher par excellence. All the seminaries and the teachers of preaching try to imitate him very poorly I must say. Here he first of all gives you the sermon outline. And then he goes into applying it to everyday living for you and for me, for every one of us. After giving us a doctrinal statement, all the all-important manifesto, the master's manifesto, the beatitudes, then he goes in to tell you how that works in everyday life. So the area of applications he chooses, anger, proper sexual conduct, Marriage and divorce, communication and relationships, giving and stewardship, living a worry and anxiety-free life. And we are going to look at those in the next several messages one by one. But Jesus began those six principles, those six areas of application with murder. 
You say, why would he begin with murder? Simply because murder was the very first sin that was committed in the scripture. When Cain killed his brother Abel, he was the first one to commit murder. And it's the first sin next to the disobedience of his parents. And Jesus begins with that because anger is the first step that leads to murder. Jesus begins there because he likes to deal with the root causes of our sin rather than the surface. I want to summarize to you the passage for today from Matthew 5, 21 to 26. Three things that Jesus is basically saying here. First, verses 21 and 22, Jesus is saying that anger destroys. Secondly, in verses 23 and 24, Jesus is saying that anger desecrates worship. Thirdly, in verses 25 and 26, Jesus is saying that anger devastates relationships. First of all, he's telling us that anger destroys. Verses 21 and 22. You have heard it said, you shall not commit murder. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother shall be guilty. Listen carefully, please, to what I'm going to tell you, because this is important. I'm touching every life here today, including the preacher. Just in case you think that I'm preaching to you. There are two words in Greek, and they're both translated in English, anger. Thermos is a word that describes anger that flares and then dies down. It's like putting a match to dry straw, and then the fire immediately dies down. It's the kind of anger that blazes up and quickly dies down. Then there is a second word in Greek, the word orge. The word orge refers to anger that is smoldering below the surface. Orge is the anger that is cradled and kept warm. Anger that keeps brooding and stewing beneath the surface. The anger that you will not allow for it to die. And that is the word that's used here in this text. So when Jesus was saying, you have heard it said. But I say to you, he's saying this. Let me tell you about my father's intention with this commandment. Let me tell you about my daddy's truth about this commandment, about this matter. And this is what really God intended by it, not how the rabbinic interpretation told you it means. Anger has deeper roots than just the physical killing. Anger begins because murder begins at the heart, not at the hand. Murder starts with an angry thought. Murder starts with selfish and prideful motive. What is Jesus saying here to these legalistic Pharisees? He is saying righteousness is not only external. He is saying righteousness is not only above the surface. He is saying righteousness is not only when people are looking. He said a person is guilty of murder when he or she nurses his or her anger. When he or she, with intense hatred, hate another. When he or she malign another out of anger. In fact, Jesus is saying more than this. 
He is saying that when murder is judged in the courts of the earth, anger is judged in the courts of heaven. Which court would you rather face? Jesus is saying that because that smoldering anger can lead to murder, I take that very seriously. Unless you stop anger dead in its track, it will lead to murder. Unless you pull anger out of your life, pull it out by its root, it's going to grow and be a big tree of murder. Social scientists tell us that anger leads to hatred. And hatred leads to murder. Anger and hatred are so deadly that they destroy the person who harbors them. Not only that they destroy him physically, they destroy personhoods. Look at verse 22. Being angry with another person, saying raka to him, or calling him a fool is very serious in God's eye. Now the word raka, by the way, is just untranslatable. It cannot be translated. That's why most of your Bible translators just left it the way it is. <laughs> they call him raka and they say, well, what does that mean? Basically is this. There's no equivalent word for it in English. It means that person who's out of anger becomes verbally abusive. It means that person who's out of anger treats another person with contempt. I wonder how many of you know that you can treat somebody with contempt without even opening your mouth, without saying a word. <laughs> the other day I heard about a minister who got hooked on playing golf. But this minister got so good at it that he began to play in tournaments. In one of those tournaments, when he, his turn came to tee off at the opening round, he confidently took the golf ball and placed it on the tee, and he got his club into position and began to swing, while at that very crucial moment, his caddy sneezed. <laughs> well, the pastor became totally distracted, and he topped the ball miserably, and, and it dribbled kind of a few feet from the tee, and he basically clinched his hand, and he clinched his fist, and, and he bit on his lip, and, and he glared at this embarrassed caddy and said nothing. Whereupon his opponent said to him, he said, Reverend, that is the most profane silence that I've ever heard. <laughs> and Jesus is saying that to call a brother or a sister in Christ a raka or a fool, or to be verbally abusive of those who are created in God's own image, is treated as murder in the courts of heaven. Anger destroys, but secondly, anger desecrates worship. Verses 23 and 24. Jesus is telling us that selfish anger strains your relationship with the Lord. I want to stop here just for a minute and tell you there is a form of anger in the scripture that is not a sin. Not all anger impairs your relationship with the Lord. Righteous anger is not a sin. Anger against injustice and rebellion against God's moral laws is not a sin. In some cases, anger is a normal emotional expression of the man of God or the woman of God. Jesus became angry when he saw these money-grabbing merchants making a mess of his dad's house. So what did he do? He was filled with righteous indignation. How many of you know that Jesus didn't go up to them and said, Now, fellas, 
I, I don't want to hurt your feelings now. Uh, but what you're doing is really not good. How many of you agree that what Jesus said to them was not, uh, well, I don't want you to reject me now because, you know, I don't want to handle rejection. I don't want to offend you in any way, but uh, I still want to be your friend. But what I want to, no, he didn't say that. He got holy anger and he kicked him out of there. And it's okay to have holy anger. But once you let that anger cause you to sin, it gets out of hand. You can be angry at the apostate church. And you have the right to break fellowship with that church. But you and I are not at liberty to hate the individuals who are involved or to wish them ill will. You can be angry at the immorality among the political leaders. But you and I are not at liberty to take matters into our own hands. You and I can be angry at the injustice and the inequity, especially on the part of those who sit in the courts. And they're supposed to administer justice. But we are not to hate the individuals. For here's what Jesus is saying. What will hinder true worship is the presence of that internal sin of anger. That smoldering, that warm, that nursed anger from however long in the past. Jesus is saying that reconciliation must take place before you could receive the blessings from the hand of God that normally would come when we come at a corporate worship in the presence of God. That all the promises that God has for us as a body when we gather together, you will not receive that blessing until you have dealt with that person. You know, all the Jews at Jesus' time knew that they could take care of all of their sins by walking through from the outer court into the inner court, right at the rail, and hand the priest the sacrifice. That's supposed to repair the relationship between them and God. This sacrifice was intended to restore the relationship between them and God. But what God the Son is saying is this. He is telling them and He's telling us that we need to settle the breach between us and our brother before we can settle the breach between us and our God. That's what Jesus is saying in this passage, simply. If you are sitting here today and you are carrying one of those smoldering grudges, if you're sitting here today and you're nursing some anger from the past and every time the name of that person that you angry with is mentioned, your heart will pound and, and you become really angry. If you are sitting here today and keeping some anger warm in your heart, I want to tell you and I want to testify to you that you can't get rid of it by better music. You can't get rid of it by better sermons. You can't get rid of it by receiving communion. You can't get rid of it by giving to the Lord. You can't get rid of it Period. The only way you can get rid of that persistent anger is by expressing it to the individual concern and ask for their forgiveness and move on. Move on. I want to clarify something here. Nowhere in the scripture do I read that your brother has to agree with you or you have to agree with your brother. I don't read it anywhere in the scripture. We don't have to agree with one another. In fact, I don't read anywhere that we are under obligation that we become cheek by jowl with every Christian. 
I don't read it in the scripture. To my knowledge, Paul and Barnabas never got together into one missionary journey after the rapture they had in the relationship in Acts 15. But I am convinced with all of my heart that they have forgiven one another and that they loved one another and that they prayed for one another even though they were disagreed with one another. So the question is not agreeing and don't confuse agreement with the absolute necessity of disposing of the sin of anger. The psalmist said in 66, 18, he said, if I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Anger destroys. Anger desecrates worship. Anger devastates relationships. Look at verse 25 and 26. Jesus said, make friends with your opponent while you are on your way to the court. You say, wait a minute. How are the two people going to court together? They didn't have the multi-million dollar lawyers and have them in their limousines going in the different sides of the court. In the ancient times, the plaintiff can arrest the defendant. But that was legal at that time. Please hear me right. I believe what Jesus is saying here is this. That the time of reconciliation, just like the time of salvation, it is now. Tomorrow could be too late. We are not to allow bitterness or anger or hatred or any other sin to destroy our relationship because what it's doing is not only destroying the relationship, it's destroying us in the process. Let me get personal with you just for a moment. Husbands, wives, wherever you may be, if you are angry with one another, resolve your anger. Parents and children, if you are angry with one another, nothing is going to enhance your worship. Nothing is going to enhance your reconciliation with your Heavenly Father until you have reconciled with one another. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Leave this worship place if you have to, to be reconciled with one another and then come back and experience the joy of worship. My family would testify to you of how we make a practice of never let the sun go down on our anger. I am personally convinced in my own heart that if you dig deep in the myriads of marital problems, among Christians particularly, you will discover that anger lies at the root. And anger is shown in bitterness, it is shown in resentment, it is shown in hatred. And again, I believe that with every fiber of my being. That if the roots are dealt with biblically, please hear me right, if they are dealt with biblically, divorce among Christians would not be as rampant as it is today. You will not solve any problem by excusing or justifying anger. Being Irish, Italian, Mediterranean, I've used all that, didn't work. There's no excuse for it. Anger is one of the most common sins that is defeating Christians today. 
And we must pluck it out by its roots and let the Holy Spirit fill the vacant space. Then practice of not holding anger every day, even for 24-hour period. Here's a test. You say, well, I dealt with that long time ago. If the name of that person that you're angry with is mentioned, how do you feel? Unless you're able to say, God bless this person, you're still angry. You haven't dealt with it honestly between you and the Lord. And I've shared with you from this pulpit many examples in my own life of how years ago God has taught me the destruction of anger and how I had to deal with it. I'm going to tell you right now, it was not easy. <laughs> it's never easy. But once you've done it, it'll become easier to do it every day. This is a holy moment. It's a moment of decision. If the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you, I beg you, I plead with you, take it and pluck it. Leave it at the feet of Christ. He will take it and he will replace it with love, joy, and peace. The word of God said it, therefore it is truth. But I stand in humility before God because he knows my heart. And I confess to you that once you have dealt with that, honestly, sincerely, below the surface, you will experience freedom like you've never experienced before. Pluck it out before God now. And then in the privacy of your own thoughts, as I say those words, you fill in the blanks, not loud voice, please, just between you and the Lord, you fill that name that's made you angry in the past. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would bless and that you will fill me with your spirit. Let your spirit fill the vacant place where the roots of anger has been plucked out. For you alone can do that. Because we worship a mighty God. And we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. A challenge from Dr. Michael Yusuf to leave your anger at the foot of the cross. A great reminder on today's Leading the Way. This message is part of the series Living Out the Master's Manifesto, where Dr. Yusuf outlines Jesus' teaching on marriage, adultery, being light in the world, and much more. Stream missed messages at ltw.org or subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcast platform. And when you visit that website, ltw.org, take a moment to learn about the worldwide ministry of Dr. Yusuf. Many think of Leading the Way as only a local radio program, but you don't realize the worldwide staff touch the lives of believers across six continents in 26 of the world's most spoken and understood languages. In fact, we recently heard from a woman in Syria. Be encouraged by this story today. I am a Syrian and have converted from Islam to Christianity through your programs. My story starts when I was a Muslim, praying and doing all the rituals, but I didn't feel peace. I accidentally found your messages online. Through listening, you helped me find Christ. I believe in Him, and since then, I now have peace. I want to study the Bible more deeply, but there's not a single church in my city. Wow, 
Can you imagine not having a church anywhere in the city to attend and experience fellowship? Yet we're contacted by many in this same situation. Learn more about the impact of Leading the Way's global ministry today. The number to call is 1-300-133-589 or online at ltw.org. 1-300-133-589 at ltw.org. Or you can write to Leading the Way, P.O. Box 1900, Penrith, New South Wales, 2751. Well, that music means I'm out of time for today. But join us again next time, won't you? When Dr. Yusuf once again passionately proclaims uncompromising truth on Leading the Way. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.